whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, Mr. Asprey. Thank you very much for taking the time and talking to us. It's an honor and it's a pleasure, obviously. And, uh, well, congratulations to your new record. Are you guys still nervous once a record goes out there in the stores? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> we're old. We're old Ronins. We. This is not. Yeah, that stopped when I was about twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Now, obviously, as a fan, I'm. You know, I'm always thankful and happy that the band is still around. Still, still around. But boy, do you guys take your time in between records nowadays? It's called a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been pandemics before the pandemic, but still, still. No, there was a pandemic within the band, for sure. <laughs> One guy wants to work, the other guy doesn't. Ah, uh, okay. Which guy wants to work? The one you're I, talking to. The one I you're think, talking to. I think I know. Yeah, you know, how it's a band. It's, it's like family. It's, it's a shit show. <laughs> So yeah. uh, I guess like the next families, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the next, the next question is probably pretty, pretty much redundant, but uh, was that oh, a hard, what, was, was, that, <laughs> was that a hard record to make? No. Um, How come not? Well, it defined hard. I mean, what would you consider to be hard? I mean, the circumstances, it, you know, for once. Uh, challenging. Mm -hmm challenging which means you have to be adaptive so i'm very good at adapting i'm a coyote i can adapt very quickly how long has under the midnight sun been in the making well it originally started in march 2020 and literally two weeks before the pandemic lockdown yeah billy oh actually one week before the pandemic lockdown in los angeles Billy and uh, Tom, the producer, left the studio and went back to the UK, thinking we'd pick it up again in six weeks. No. <laughs> they, Billy got stuck in the UK. So yeah. they had to prepare to make sessions. But the good thing was we already had 20 songs that we decided that we were going to work on. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. We kind of knew, we had a map or an area, you know, we kind of knew the rough sketch but it didn't doesn't sound anything like the sketches because as the pandemic uh rolled out rolled on and on and on and on and everything that went with that like in los angeles we had riots yeah homelessness increased uh crime increased gang wars helicopters every night fireworks every night for a year gunshots in my neighborhood i mean burning police cars you name it Meanwhile, the coyotes are still running around the streets. For them, it's just regular business. So we had to become adaptive and we had to work in this environment. And from technology, it was great. But one thing that became evident was that we knew that when we came through the other side of this, we don't want to come through with some, you know, like 20 song album that's bullshit. We thought, you know what? We say what we got to say. Yeah. That's why there's eight songs on the record. 
you know, we, we really wanted to make sure that what we had was the best of what we had, the best of the best without, without any bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So more challenging than, than hard. I mean, there were hardships. I mean, I had suicides, we had deaths, we had, you know, uh, domestic situations like everybody did. Right. Everybody had their own experience. Um, mental health, all of it. But at the end of the day, the, when we're focusing on music or we focus on writing, all that dissolves and you just focus on what you're doing. So when you started making this record, I think, did, did the music uh, take a turn into the, uh, on the melancholy side? No, not at all. Well, actually, if you look at Nice Street Butterfly Heart and Vendetta yeah. X, yeah. I'd written that those pieces of music probably around about 2008. Mm. All right. And they were actually going to be part more of, of the Ian project. But when I sat down with Tom Dalgerty and Billy, we were contributing our, our ideas. I don't just write lyrics and melodies. I No, I actually contribute music. So I brought the music in. I brought these songs in and they stayed. They stayed as core songs in the record. Um, yeah. yeah. Tom Dalgerty brought in the song that became Under the Midnight Sun, yeah. um, which I, I ripped to pieces and put back together again. Billy brought in chords and riffs, um, you know, mirror. A guitar line, la da 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 It's Billy. That's what he's great at. That's what he's really good at. How did he come across the, the record title Under the Midnight Sun? Uh, from, came from a concert we did in Provinci Rock, Finland, 1986. We performed under, um, it was more after the show, I was walking around about four o'clock in the morning, the sun was still in the sky. Um, you know, Northern Hemisphere, the sun doesn't go below the horizon for a certain part of the summer. Yeah. So there's this very halcyon moment, this very uh, integrated moment of youth and beauty and wildness. And it's a very, it's a beautiful moment. And I saw some of the footage from that concert during the pandemic. And it was really profound because it took me to a moment in my life where everything was incredibly, everything was possible. Yeah. I was younger and people around me were younger and the world was in a different place. And for all the younger ones that say that the older generations don't understand, we do understand. I was born in 1962 during the Cuban Missile Crisis. I was thrown out of the British Army for wearing a campaign for nuclear disarmament badge. We were doing direct. When people put activists on their Instagram account, what does that mean? Tell what does me. it mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Ask them. It's a word. You either, as Yoda says, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> That's true. What was the hardest like, song? Shut up and do yeah. it. What was the hardest song to finish for this record? The hardest song to finish. Um, oh, that's a good question. Again, I, I, I prefer the term challenging. Yeah. Um, the songs that had the most challenges 
But the ones that didn't make the record, they became challenging. Uh, we had one other song that was really staggering and we couldn't get the chorus right. So it stayed off the record. But that will get reworked and we'll, it, will, it will come out at some point. Did you have the opportunity still to record together? Or did you have to do it separately? Yeah, oh, no, we did. Absolutely. The backing tracks were recorded at Rockfield Studios in the UK, All right. where Dreamtime was recorded. And that was done with Charlie Jones on bass, who played with Gold Frapp and Plant and Page, and Rob Plant on his own, and Susan the Banshees. And also on drums, we had Ian Matthews from Kasabian. Oh, all right. Yeah. So the drums on the record are by Ian Matthews from Kasabian, Charlie Jones on bass, Tom Dalgacy plays some instruments as well. He's also a musician. And then Billy, of course, doing the guitars and I was working virtually. So all the backing tracks were cut. At least the live band tracks were cut at Rockfield, but then transferred it to my studio, Anti-Machine Machine studio. And I spent a thousand hours plus hours working on deconstructing everything, rearranging everything, writing all the top end melodies, writing all the lyrics, and also adding my own musical parts to it. And then that came back and then Billy came back to the, UK, the US and then we put that up and we went to studios and we went, okay, here is where it is now. Then we started pulling pieces out and adding more pieces. So we did that in the room together with Dalgerty, Duffy and Asprey. You know, still the record sounds like it was done in one flow. <laughs> you know, it sounds well, it great, was. great as it, a unit. It kind, of, it kind of was. It was a continuous conversation. The conversation didn't stop because some of the conversation isn't on the record. Like I say, there's a lot of tracks that got left out, but that doesn't mean that we won't. Normally, back in the olden days, you'd put out an 11 track album, but you'd just yeah. be, you'd be bullshitting with three or four songs. You know that. Everybody knows it. <laughs> everybody knows it so don't do it I still don't would love it. to hear some of them I'm sorry you will to be honest you, no you will you will hear them All right. You will, you will hear them they will definitely hear them and they'll be they will see the light of day they're not that far away from being completed but um, Under the Midnight Sun they don't belong with Under the Midnight Sun they belong with something else All right. I understand and uh Yeah, they weren't part of that conversation. And uh, Under the Midnight Sun is a complete thought. Yeah. And if anything, there is a trilogy between, there is a, there is a trilogy between uh, Hidden City, Choice of Weapon, and Under the Midnight Sun. To me, it's more about the renaissance of the cult, renaissance of me as a writer, and just not caring yeah. about the outcome. Just trying to make the best work possible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still go back to England often? No. What do you think about this country now? I left when I was 11. Yeah. I went back when I was 17, late 16. So I was kind of North American teenager. Yeah. And then when I, back, I went back, I never fully assimilated. Wow. So I could probably talk to you more about North America, especially the United States, because I've been here for 30 years plus years. So I feel like more of a, I don't feel like I belong anywhere, to be honest with you. Britain, what I think about the country, people are amazing. Some people are shitty. It's like everywhere. It's the same. There's cool people, there's shitty people, there's people who are sad, glad, grateful, high in gratitude, intelligent, creative. 
that everything has its own cultural quirks and stuff, government stuff, whatever. I mean, the planet has a plan. Yeah. Do you think the sun's going to stop burning? Because, no. <laughs> sun's going to burn. Moon's going to shine. Oceans are going to flow. Tsunami's going to happen. We're burning the plastic. What do you think the outcome's going to be? Well, under, yeah. under the midnight sun. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Sure. You know, as they, as they say, uh, you know, think globally, act locally. Yeah. Do your bit. Pick up a shovel, do your bit. Recycle. At the very least. In fact, recycling is not even working. So, no. Buy less, choose wisely. Yeah. We don't need everything. We just need what's essential. Yeah, and your new so, record. Our new record's essential. <laughs> If you're a fan of rock music, our new record's essential. I don't think that any of our peers have come close to what we've done. Not one of them. Uh. I don't think there's any re recent releases of rock music that come close to Under the Midnight Sun. I can say that it may sound like an arrogant statement, but I'm tired of this bullshit. Stop it. Stop phoning it in. Stop exploiting your fans. Stop patronizing your fans. And stop calling them fans. They're your benefactors. Our audience are our benefactors. I, I have such incredible gratitude and respect for people who would actually pay their hard-earned money to walk through a door, buy a record, come to a show, buy a T-shirt. Are you kidding? I was one. I am one. I appreciate that. I appreciate them. And, and um, that's why we made this record because we wanted to do the best of the best of the best. It's a gift. Yeah, you got to pay for it. But I'm sorry, that's, that's society. That's true. We all pay. Audience is a good keyword. You know, it's been almost 10 years that you guys have been to Germany. It's been 15 years that you've been to Munich, Germany. I saw you with the who back then. Yeah, speak to your promoters. For, for whatever reason, the German and all the knowers in the media think they know. They don't. They have their heads up their asses. They do. They're so arrogant for themselves, the intellectuals, the knowers. They don't know us. And plus the promoters, they're cheap. Yeah. We can't even afford to go to Germany. Rock and Ring will not have us. We would destroy Rock and Ring. Oh, yeah. I tell you, right now, this band would destroy, wipe the floor with anything. I don't care who you are. I'm a fucking coyote. I destroy buildings right now. We have had some of the most profound shows we've ever had. I sang with the doors, for God's sakes. Yes, you did. Absolutely. I learned, I learned from the best. I was ordained by David Bowie. I learned from the best. And if you want it, it's for you. If you don't want it, fine. We'll take it elsewhere. Or I don't care. I'm very happy to sit in Samadhi with Osho's ashes in an ashram in Pune. I'm good. Yeah, I'm not. I've done my, I've seen it. I'm, I'm good. I've done it. I've seen it. But I still feel there's work to be done out there in the world. And there's a calling. Would I love to be playing in, in München? 
absolutely. Dusseldorf, Stuttgart, you know, Hamburg, Berlin. Fuck yes. Yes. I mean, screaming. You know, one of the biggest problems no. is that, Thomas, is that the cult has never had a major label. We haven't had a major label for nearly 30 years in Germany. That's true, man. We, we've always signed to independence, and this is a big problem. Yep. But, you know, like a lot of promoters, they want to put on the, the, the bright young things, and they don't – they just want to be current. But what is current? Look at the currency. Artists that are coming out, they have one album, they have one single, they're gone. Yep. They're gone. Yeah. But for rock music – Well, we guys can have Mike and Michael Romance. Enjoy that. Enjoy Metallica, where they're at right now. Enjoy Guns N' Roses playing songs from 1990s. Enjoy that. Please, watch them get fat and old and bold and just don't give a fuck. And they'll take your money. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, they do. And they're very happy about it. Yeah, I'm not, but it's still, you know. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. I think it's disgusting. Stop yeah. it. These guys were cool. I know them. I knew them as children. We grew up together. They were all cool. They were cool. They were, they were cool. They cared. They don't care anymore. Yeah. They care about the money. You yeah. too cares about money. You too cares about the money. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, but we turned down millions, tens of millions. We've been offered to, to open. We could have come to Germany. Yeah. Opening. No, I'm not doing that. No. Get paid. I don't want to do that. I'd rather play in front of an audience in a club. I'm, I'm happy to play in front of fucking 100 people. I don't care. I mean, I love Rammstein. <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> But they're, you know, they're doing what they do and, and what they do is, is a spectacle. It's, it's, it's something else. I think they're, they're in their own category. They are. And what, what they do, they, they are true to their fans, actually. They, yes. Which is really good. Yes. They, they respect and admire their fans and they treat them with respect and dignity. And that I admire. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But a lot of the Anglo-American artists do not. And they don't even care about the culture or the language. Yeah. Ich bin ein Berliner. What does it mean? Was machst du? Wie gehen sie? What does it mean? I am a Berliner. Yes. I'm from Berlin. Exactly. Ich spreche kein Deutsch. Doch. I get the frequency. Doch. Ich spreche kein Doch. Danke. <laughs> I did it. I studied in high school in, when I was a kid in Canada. Je parle français? Parlez-vous français? No, no, je ne peux pas parler français. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. I mean, this is a global brand. Yeah. I can even speak bloody Australian, man. <laughs> not too bad, not too shabby. My wife's Australian. Um, <laughs> But, uh, sir, hey. sir, I got to ask you one question. <laughs> yes, sir. I always have the feeling that after a cult record comes out, it seems like you guys decide whether to go on or not as a band. 
but you still mm-hmm. you're still there. It frightens me as a fan. Can you imagine being in it? <laughs> no, my, absolutely not. Let, let me make it very simple for you, Thomas. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. My partner wishes it was Sonic Temple every day. <laughs> well, some of the fans actually would love that too, I guess. Yeah, they would. But we're not here because of Sonic Temple. No. We're not talking because of, we're talking because of Under the Midnight Sun. Yeah. When was last time I spoke to, when was the last time I spoke to Antenna? <laughs> We never talked. We right. never talked. In 22 years' time, we never managed to talk at least once. Well, there you go. See that? And that's a lot to say with the labels. The ma- Everything. They don't want us to have conversations because when, when you speak, you speak to me. And when I speak, I speak my mind. I don't. I'm unfiltered. Yes. Hey, come, come and get me. <laughs> You fat, fucking useless pieces of shit. Come and get me. <laughs> That's what I'm trying you to me to my boss every day. You sold us out. You sold us out. Now, hang Stop on. It. Hang on. Is there something you have regretted over the years for not doing when it comes to the cult? Saying yeah. well, there was a point in time where you go like, oh, we should have done this differently. Yeah, many things. Ceremony. Ceremony was a dog, but ceremony was recorded after my father died. Yeah. I wanted to work with Rick Rubin. Billy wanted to work with Bob Rock. It was that simple. Mm-hmm. I think Rick Rubin would have been a far superior producer for the cult. Mm. <laughs> I wrote the witch. I wrote the witch then. Yeah. Oh, look, the witch is in our set. Why? Because it's fucking dope. That's why. Because it's a dope song. And that's where the cult was heading. Yeah. Forget g- grunge. It wasn't grunge. Seattle. And in fact, the cult had a hit single with She Sells Sanctuary in Seattle in 1985. And everybody from the Seattle scene was at that show. Yeah. I can imagine. Andrew, Andrew Wood told me, who was the singer of Mother Love Bone, yeah, became yeah. Cold Jack. I met Chris Cornell in 1988. They played my festival gathering of tribes in 1990. I knew all these guys. Now all these guys are more interested in having poker tournaments or bullshit, you know? <laughs> And, or, the, or they're dead. Yes. Andrew Wood, dead. Chris Cornell, dead. Ron Yoakam from the Sea Hags, dead. Lane Stanley, dead. Kurt Cobain, dead. Is there, is there a band that you would actually love to tour with? Ooh, good question. Um, Noi. <laughs> Michael right. Walter. I'd love to work with him and he's making incredible music. Yeah. I'd love to go, I'd love to play Berghain. Oh, that would be a dream. I think that's an incredible venue. Which one? Berghain. In uh, Berlin, the club. Berghain. Ah, now I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, I played with Ramstein. You did? And I tell you why I played with Ramstein. I played with Ramstein so I could get a fucking ticket to see the show. <laughs> I think they're incredible. I missed them in LA. I wasn't here. Um, we were doing shows. But um, who would you like to tour with? Does Alive? 
maybe Deftones. Um, I think I might, that could be interesting. Um, a live bands that I would tour with. Oh, shit. All my favorites are dead. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Sun. Sun? Sun, yes. I play with them. Mm. They're friends and I worship their music. So I actually wrote the liner notes for Greg Anderson's new record with mm. Petra Hayden. It's called right. Devotional. I wrote the liner notes for it. Okay, cool. Hey, maybe the Sisters of Mercy could be interesting. Well, it's not the greatest live band in the world, but they do get their point over. I think they're fucking incredible. Well, I haven't seen, well, with all respect, I haven't seen them since about 1987. So. Well, first go and check them out now. And then, you know. Mm, okay. Then we speak again. Who do you think? Who do you think would be good for the cult? Not Metallica. No. The Metallica, no. Please. I like, yeah, I, I'm old. I like stuff like Killing Joke. I, I love how, how old are you? 52. You're not old. I'm 60. Come on. <laughs> I'm only seven years behind you. Don't worry. Eight. And oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Killing Joke. Yeah, I like staggering. that. Uh, you know, Bauhaus? I saw them recently. They're phenomenal. They're still around. Yeah, they're incredible. Massive Attack. Love to play with Massive Attack. Mm. I play with Massive Attack tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Massive Attack are incredible. Now, hang on. When, when I hear you talking, I, yes. I, know, I know you probably didn't give a shit, but it's okay. But do you think, or is there any, any place in your head where you would think, I didn't get the merits that I deserve for everything I did from the world, from everybody? Okay, you don't care. I, you know what? When I was younger... And I was looking for validation and I was looking for acceptance and to be included. That would have meant a lot to me as a young person. Yeah. But then David Bowie reached out and put his hand on me and then everything was okay. I understand that totally. And, and Iggy Pop. We played with both Iggy in Germany, three shows. This is the in one show. This is the one show I missed in Munich because my friend was there and he saw you and I didn't. <laughs> so we played that gig and Iggy walked in he goes he walked straight up so he goes hi Jimmy nice to meet you Jimmy Sterberg and I was like so that was okay and David Bowie we opened for David Bowie in 87 in Paris and that was okay too so after that I didn't care about any accolades because I'd already had every accolade and I needed in my entire life and I met Nika I lit, lit a cigarette for Nika <laughs> so there it is. What does the life has in store for you now? Do you have any goals left? Yes, make more music, make art, make film, make make fucking fix the environment. Yeah, lot to do. I'm working with environmental groups right now. I just don't talk about it. All right. I raise money for environmental groups. I work with environmental groups. I work with mental health. I work with, I consult for brands and to become low the carbon footprints and uh, diversify and become much more effective in contributing. I just don't talk about it. I just do it. Yeah. You want to be like Yoda. Well, fuck it. You know, I, I studied with the Dalai Lama. I took Bodhisattva vows. I went to Tibet. Big deal. You know, big deal. Who cares? Beastie Boys, they didn't even go to Tibet. 
they went to they went to North they went to North India. Darren Sterling married Tibetans, but didn't go to Tibet, and he's dead as well. And I love the Beastie Boys. Yeah, I love Rick Rubin. I love Beastie Boys. I love Matt Dyke. I love Paul's Boutique. I love all of it. Tibetan Freedom Concert. Cult played at Tibetan Freedom Concert. They didn't want us to play Tibetan Freedom Concert. Hey, I play with Nine Inch Nails. Loved it. Yeah, exactly. Trent and me are friends. We've been friends for 30 years, but we've never played a concert together. I managed to talk to Trent Reznor before I talked to you. How, you know, how fucking uncool is that? Well, Trent's gorgeous. I love Trent. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dear, dear, dear friend and I admire him greatly. And I hope he has a long, 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 long life. Well, I hope the same for the cult, actually. How many more records do you think you have in store? And ask Billy. <laughs> I gotta ask you, you're here. Me? Infinite. All right. Billy, uh, it's, a big, it's always a big, uh, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. Oh, by the way, these people are your benefactors. They love you. They actually, they turn up. So have some gratitude. I have gratitude. I have immense gratitude and respect for anyone who would even want to listen to anything that we do or I would say, or even this opportunity to speak with you, I have gratitude to speak to you. I, I love your you. openness. I love your openness. I love your candor. I love your honesty, you know, and that's rare. And that, that means something. I look, I'm a punk rock kid. I was homeless. I lived on the streets. I followed crass. Oh, crass. Really? Yeah. I saw him 26 times. I, I, I stayed at the house for, for a while. They taught me. So I'm a product of that. I'm a product of Bowie. I'm a product of punk rock. I'm a product of, I'm a six-year-old dude, but I, I don't look 60. No, for fuck no. And I, I can fucking still work a stage like a, like a werewolf. I mean, I know how to do this. And the band right now is shit hot. Yeah. And we're not doing Gucci Marxism. We're not Rage Against the Machine. Anti-capitalists playing Madison Square Garden, selling merchandise. No, we're still an ind we are still an independent band. I design all the covers. I design all the videos. I design all the merch. Nice. I write all the lyrics. I write all the melodies. I even write some of the music. And I sing the shit. And I will carry. I I rip my soleus muscle, jumping off a fucking amp, tripping on mushrooms in fucking Canada. I'm a fucking heathen. And I love music and I love people. When you have so much music in and you, animals, and, uh, yeah, obviously, if you have so much music in you, have you ever come across the thought doing a cult record without Billy? To be honest. But I have, I've made cult records without Billy. Yeah, but it's not the cult then. Well, isn't it? Was what was sudden death cult? Wow. All right. I mean, the cult was originally Southern Death Cult with a new yeah. guitar player. All right. I think the idea of bands is almost like, because technology has changed everything so much, so it's not so much about bands, it's about collaborations. You can call mm. it whatever you want. The mm. name's not important. What is important is the work. I mean, I love the idea of, yeah, it's a black T-shirt with the band name on it, and you can wear the patch, and you can, you know. But we're not a bank. We're not a library. We're not, you know, this is an evolving, I mean, fuck, I, I worship 
can. Can? Can? Fuck yes. I worship can. Can are everything. And so is Amandul. And so is, um, you know, Kraftwerk and, mm. and my God, you know, and, and Popol Vuh. And <laughs> that was probably the most important period. And probably Frank Zappa as well. And Captain Beefheart. The, the period of music that was coming out of Germany. My God, it's still resonating. Michael Rosser. I lo- worship that music. I so want to be in Germany. I would have loved to work with Connie Plank. Oh, yeah. 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 I got to work at Hansa's studio. Yeah. But we made a shitty song. With an English producer, we should have had a German producer, fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm ich sorry. Bin Ber- ich bin ein Berliner. Get me in there. I'm going to fuck. fucking talk to our promoters and see what we can do for you guys. Yeah, fuck this cannot stand effort. like this. No, no, it cannot, and it shouldn't. And this is the right time. So, however it happens, it happens. And there might be another Uncle record, War Stories Part Two, but you didn't hear it from me. No, I didn't know. You didn't even, don't even know what you were saying. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> There's so much shit going on right now, Thomas. I'm older, and I want to do everything. So I'm. I'm not going to stop. I'm. You know, Billy wants to keep going. Great. Yeah, and if people want to hear Firewoman, She's Self Sanctuary, and all that, yeah, we play that shit. I yeah, can play yeah. it on my own as well. In fact, Billy's played it on his own with other musicians. He's done it with Mike Peters. He's done it with Camp Freddy. He's done it. He's done it for fucking you know private parties where he gets paid loads of money. Yeah, but you are the voice of the cult. I wrote the songs as well. Mm-hmm. I wrote I wrote She's Self Sanctuary. <laughs> he wrote na 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 na, but the rest of it came from some death cult. <laughs> last, time, last time I checked so there's all of that <laughs> he knows I've said it to his face he knows he knows <laughs> oh man you guys are just a grumpy old couple it's really cool but not grumpy I'm, oh, far, from grumpy. I'm far from grumpy I'm passionate good. there's a difference yeah. I'm not complaining I'm doing it I'm doing it but right now I don't feel that the gloves are off it's bare knuckle fighting and I think a lot of people do need to be called out sometimes Because they're, they're holding up the traffic. <laughs> and there's a whole generation of youth coming through. They're incredible. They're exceptional. Such as? And Ethel Kane. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Zola Jesus. Mm. Amy Nash. Even my wife, she's much younger than me and incredibly gifted. Mogwai. Petra Hayden, Chelsea Wolf, mm-hmm. Highlong, <laughs> Highlong, love Highlong. Fucking uh, all day long, all day long. Um, more mother, M O O R mother. Yeah. Wow. Afrofuturism, Ram Z. New York, 1983, what the fuck? Science fiction, rock, kraut rock. I don't like the term kraut rock because I think it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, you know, it was created by the British or whatever, but yeah, I it's think that's progressive futurist music. I mean, it's Afro-futurist, European, whatever it is. I don't care what you call it. Mudu Mokhtar, Mudu Mokhtar from, uh, you know, they're on Sahi or Records. Have you heard these guys? No, not yet, but I have, I've came oh. across the name. Yeah, please listen to the music. It's profound. 
And I think that I think that uh, all the guys from Cannes would be thrilled to hear this music. We're in a new we're in a new age, and I'm not a grumpy old dude. In fact, if anything, I have a lot of humility and and I care. I really sincerely give a fuck. Would you? Do you still? Are you still optimistic in one way or the other? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. In which respect? Psychedelics. <laughs> you cracked me up. <laughs> Psychedelics, bro. Fucking eat some mushrooms. So good. All the assholes are going to go away. Putin's going to go away. <laughs> He's going to die a miserable death, cancerous death, silly old man. And his fucking cronies, they're gone. They're done. Eat mushrooms. <laughs> hey, hey, Russian kids, eat mushrooms. Ukrainian kids, go fucking fight. And the Russian kids are running away. Just eat mushrooms. In fact, stop fighting, eat mushrooms. Fix it. Done. Zelensky, boss. Fucking G. He's a fucking G. Zelensky's a G, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And so are you. <laughs> I'm just a fucking, I'm mean, just a heathen. I, I mean, I love music. I love culture. I love people. I love animals. I love the planet. My God, we just, we're going to put, we just put a Native American woman in space for fuck's sake. Yeah. How profound is that? She's going to be on the moon. Artemis. Greta Thunberg. Go get it, girl. Yeah. Absolutely. Go get it. Go get it. Young people, go get it. Hey, you see a grumpy old person? Push them out the way. <laughs> Or or buy them a, buy them a coffee, <laughs> some mushrooms. <laughs> Give them a bag of mushrooms. Fuck yeah, psilocybin. Jesus, Canada is fucking lit. The whole West Coast of the United States is lit. Everyone's yeah. tripping. Yeah. Everyone's microdosing. It's incredible. It's fucking amazing right now in LA. LA is incredible. LA ain't the Kardashians. No, no, I don't think so. LA's like coyotes and lavatos locos, you know, it's like, it's, a, it's, it's Chicano, it's fucking Latino, it's Aztec, it's Mayan, it's, it's Afro-American, it's Afro-futurist, it's esoteric. Bowie came to Berlin because of Los Angeles, not because of fucking, because Christopher Isherwood, who wrote I Am a Camera, Mr. Mm. What's-His-Name goes to Berlin, became Cabaret. Mm-hmm was Bowie. Bowie saw that and was like, that's me. I'm going to Berlin. Hmm. And Christopher Isherwood, who actually translated the Bhagavad Gita into English from uh, the original text, Vedic text, it all happened in Los Angeles. Hmm. In fact, Christopher Isherwood went to see David Bowie at the Forum in 76, and they had a conversation. And all he talked about was, all he wanted to talk about was, I am a camera, and uh, Weimar Berlin and uh, what was going on with Esoteria in Germany. And he went to, come on, Helden. Yeah, obviously. Even in German, he sang it even in German. Helden. Mr. Asbury, our time is running out. Uh, I think this, this, this whole session is going to stop right away with just technical shit. I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. I'll see you on the astral plane. <laughs> All right, but still, I'll see you at Rock and Ring, and I'll—I will be the one burning the stuff. If you get—if you get a tour booked in Germany, thank me later, Thomas. If we get a tour booked in Germany, I will kiss your feet. <laughs> 
whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.